0: Listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric, Kansas City's consumer facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today we're excited to share with you our first installment in our Home Seller series Is It Time for a Realtor?
1: Hmm. So if you're asking the question,
0: chances are it probably is is time. But before we get into a little bit about realtors, what they can do for you, how to choose them, I think we have to ask an important question that a lot of people do ask themselves. And the question is, do I even need a realtor?
1: Well, you know, there are other ways to sell your home, but Eric and I think it's a pretty good deal to use a I, realtor I, I think, since we're realtors, yeah, I, I mean, you know. Out of the
0: gate, I, I have to say that's probably. Yeah, full disclosure uh, <laughs> here, we are realtors. So we, but,
1: but truth be known, there are many other ways to sell your home. We'll scratch the surface on some of those. So some try to do it for sale by owner. They so try and go it alone.
0: That's, that's sort of the big one, right? Because the other things we're going to talk about are very much situational. Well, with maybe one exception, but for sale by owner, about 10% of homes uh, in the last couple of years were sold for sale by owner. Um, they're sold without a real estate agent. Now we think there's reasons that overcome that. I uh, think most significant that everybody jumps on is money, uh, supposedly, or at least a
1: <laughs> statistic show.
0: Yeah, statistics show supposedly that we cover
1: our keys. <laughs> like I
0: question it. Yeah, no, I, I I believe it to be true that that typically the home sales are uh, higher priced with realtors. But I think some of the things that uh, you, you need to pay attention to, if this is a route you're choosing to go down is number one, access to the MLS, which is uh, theoretically available to for sale by owners through
1: discount brokerage, discount type brokerage situations. situation.
0: And there's still a significant fee associated with that.
1: But you're going to have a lot of balls to juggle if you go it alone.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing when we start talking about what realtors do. And I can't stress this enough about just sort of the project management aspect of buying and selling homes and when you sell a home, there's a, a lot to be done there. And we'll be talking about a lot of that, but it's certainly an option. Some of the other ways that homes are sold without realtors.
1: Yeah. So you may be doing an interfamily family transfer. You may have a divorce situation where you do a quit claim. And the most recent one that's kind of come up as a new term, not necessarily a new way, is iBuyer. And, and I think iBuyers have been around for a long time, kind of in the we buy ugly houses or the signs that you see out. Essentially, it's just a discount model of selling your home that converts to less money typically because you're giving one thing for the other. So you may be giving up you know, some dollars, but it's gonna happen exactly on your timeline and without picking up a broom and cleaning your house, for example.
0: Right, so let's talk just briefly about that because iBuyer is really just the electronic version of people who buy houses at a discounted rate, typically for cash, no need to clean, you'll get cash, et cetera, et cetera. But usually at significantly under what the home would value at if you cleaned and prepped it for sale.
1: Yeah, more of like a wholesale value or an investor value, something of that nature versus a you know market value that you would sell on the resale market.
0: I think that's a great way to look at it for, for our listeners, which is iBuyer is essentially, you know, we'll buy your home for cash today. It's that sign on the internet. So that's an excellent analogy. All right, let's jump in. Why do we think people should be using agents? Let's get a little bit more detailed.
1: Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head initially, Eric, is the project management aspect. And when you're dealing with your largest financial asset, which your home likely is that, it's a big project to manage.
0: You know, my background prior to being in real estate is in software development, both coding, project and product management. And what amazed me when I got into the industry was the number of touch points, And the number of things that needed to be kept track of that things that you needed to make sure that the various service providers, even other agents are doing correctly and timely. And you know, for those that are really geeks, you know, I almost started putting together Gantt charts for this. It it really is the kind of thing that requires a good level head in project management. So that's one way or one reason why I think you want a professional helping you manage this huge endeavor.
1: Yeah, it's pretty complex. I mean, w- when you start talking about the paperwork involved with selling a home, there is a seller's disclosure. Our seller's disclosure is fairly in depth. It's about 420 lines, I believe, which is about eight or nine pages. So that's a fairly in-depth document on its own, which is the CYA of selling your home. And we'll get into that in our, our next episode, I believe, but that's just one of the many and looking at it very objectively is, big, is yeah. another piece, you yeah. know, we, We understand that our sellers have a strong emotional attachment. As a matter of fact, I just met with a client a couple of days ago and they bought that home brand new and they've lived in it for 37 years and her husband has since passed away. So there's a very large emotional attachment to that home. And while they're realistic about the numbers, there's a lot of flows that come with that. So we're there to try and help corral that and and hold their hand through this journey. That is a very important journey that we help people through.
0: I think home selling is emotional enough. The process, particularly once you get on the market, that whole, Oh, we've got a showing. Oh, we don't have a showing, yeah, oh, It's they like a roller
1: coaster. It's the time traveler. In yeah. Dollar city. You're yeah. spinning around and going up and down and <laughs> upside down all at the same
0: time. Oh, I got an offer coming in. Oh, I don't have it. Am I going to get it? You know, it's just, and so that's hard enough. But then when you start talking about, I raised my, my children here, uh, you know, I spent the best years with my spouse here, whatever it is, um, to have somebody who can kind of, uh, empathize with that, but then also be able to break off and go, okay, let's level set. Let's do, let's make sure here's really the value of your home. Another way that emotions can play into effect that might uh, make it tougher on sellers is that they can be emotionally attached to a particular feature in their home that they think is worth way more than it actually is. And they have to kind of be talked off that ledge sometimes when it comes to listing prices.
1: Absolutely. And you know, sometimes things might need some items and we find frequently that sellers might overvalue items that are not as popular in this particular market time as other things. So what we can do is come in and try and help them pinpoint those items that would help them potentially get more money for their home as opposed to things that wouldn't get. And you have that Rolodex of professionals. Tell us about that Rolodex, Eric, because I, I'm, I'm barely on the cusp of All Rolodex. All Jim does but... is tease
0: me about using the term Rolodex. <laughs> so when we talk about that, right, you have a handful of things that you think you need to get done. So you want to make sure that you've checked out with your realtor, your, your, your guide, your counselor, to make sure that those things are in fact going to bring the value you expect them to. So you're not putting money in the wrong places. But then the other thing is, is that most good realtors have a list, uh, a a phone phone full of contact contact list, list, right? Rolodex, for those of you who are under the age of 45 and have no clue what it is, is we used to actually have these things that spun in a circle that you put little cards in and then you could spin the card that had letters and you'd go to the B's and you'd look for and and then,
1: or P's painter,
0: right? You could do that or you could do names. There's all kinds of it. So anyway, so much about Rolodexes, but yeah, certainly, uh, there should be a contact list full of professionals available to you that they can arrange. And usually professionals that are used to working, for real estate prep, so they understand the need for deadlines and showings and, and those kinds of things, as opposed to, hey, you know, um, my this particular job may or may not run six days over, which can be really, really stressful when you're trying to get a house on the market.
1: Yeah, and you know, one of the things that uh, you vet your agent like you vet many of these different things. So, talking about contractors, you know, when you and I go to redo our deck, we will frequently ask two or three different people over to our property to ask about that deck or ask about their credentials or their references. And a realtor is really no different in those instances and in, in talking about interviewing your agent and making sure that you're comfortable with that person. And that's a part of that
0: process. When you're, when you're selecting a realtor, which is our, our, our next big topic. I know that Jen and I both just, we doubled down on saying interview more than one agent. And I can't tell you, I've met several clients for the first time. I'm the first agent they've met. Uh, we get along well, I think it's going to go great. And they say, what, what's the last piece of advice you can give me? Or I make sure I give it before we're done in our initial meeting. And I say, no, I need you to go talk to some other agents.
1: We double down and we double sell, right? That's
0: right. And they're like, what? You need what? I, that, that, that doesn't even make sense. I said, you have to be so comfortable with me that I'm the right choice and vice versa for you when you're listing your home, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to talk about. Some of them are going to be kind of candid about maybe clean, you know, cleaning this or that and the other. And and we just need to start a real, a good, solid professional relationship, which for me almost always turns into a friendship. So uh, it, it's really weird you know, we've thrown around some terms. And before we dig any deeper into what we should be looking for in realtors, let's talk about, because you and I use the term real estate agent, realtor, and an occasionally broker or brokerage, somewhat interchangeably, not brokerage. Let's define those so we can kind of clean up some of that mystique. So, Yeah, these
1: are pretty blurry, I think, to the consumers, unfortunately. These these get fuzzed together a lot. But, you know, you've got large and small brokerages. And so you've got franchises or what we would consider to be probably larger So a brokerage, brokerage is the
0: actual firm it's the actual business
1: right right we've got the brokerage right and we'll talk about broker here in a minute but we've got the brokerage which is the shingle that somebody's hanging their name on right that's their brokerage so some of the, the some of the big ones that they
0: might know that, that people might yeah, know yeah people
1: would know REMAX, Keller Williams, Century 21. Those are some of the bigger one brokerages of the small ones that everybody are. in
0: Kansas City would know would be the Dream Homes by Gen Team at Holland Realty Services. Yep. Right? And if you don't, now you do. <laughs> that by the way, in case you haven't picked it up is our brokerage.
1: Yes. And there there's some boutique <laughs> brokerages around that are that are smaller maybe more specialized brokerages or that just are not a franchise model. They don't pay into a franchise. Like for example, a McDonald's, you go to of McDonald's, you know, that's a franchise that an independent owner may own that McDonald's and similar that somebody owns a Remax or a realty Executives or whatever it is in this area. It's usually owned by a, a local owner like a McDonald's is, but it's part of a bigger network or a franchise like that.
0: So that's brokerage. What about broker and real estate agent?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about brokers. So I'm a broker. I've been in the business uh, over 20 years and got additional training, did additional testing, and everybody has their license under the broker. So people can come and ask advice. At least your broker should be giving you uh, good advice and and there to help you through any real estate transaction that the agent is going through. So I'm always here for my agents to talk to them about the different things that are going on with their transactions.
0: So I'm a real estate agent. Right. I'm a licensed professional. I'm licensed in Missouri and Kansas, and I've tested and I've taken classes and tested in both states so that I know uh, all the rules and regulations. But I can't sell real estate or, or represent clients to sell and buy real estate on my own. I have to do that under a brokerage license, under a broker's license, under, for example, under Jen's license. So she's my broker. She provides, Uh, education, training, consultation, because she has more experience than I do.
1: And talking about the realtor or the real estate agent, we're kind of using those terms interchangeably and we'll talk about the realtor aspect of that in just a second, but talking about the real estate agent, they are the facilitator of the transaction. So the real estate agent is the one that typically takes people out, shows them the homes or lists the homes or stuff like that. And it doesn't mean a broker cannot do those items because as a broker, I do those items as well. But I'm also here to be that mentor and that facilitator for all of those real estate agents.
0: So it's safe to say that a broker can act in an agent capacity as well as being a broker. But yep. the reverse isn't true. Agents need to work underneath a broker's license.
1: Exactly. 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 So and-
0: Jump into Realtor then.
1: Lastly, let's talk about <laughs> Realtor, right? Uh, it, you guys, have you ever saw that Modern Family episode where Phil is the Realtor? He is a Realtor. And <laughs> we are bound by a code of ethics that uh, came out many, many moons ago to differentiate us as real estate professionals, not just salespeople. We're members of the National Association of Realtors. So not every real estate agent Especially in some smaller towns and country towns and stuff, I run into instances where people are not part of the National Association of Realtors, and it's not a requirement. It is an additional code of ethics and an additional binding that gives your agent additional education.
0: And so in the Kansas City area, the vast majority, again, unless you get sort of out into it because the you, outskirts have to, the country. you have to be part in Kansas City, you have to be part of the, the National Association of Realtors. You have to be a realtor to have access to the MLS. Correct. And so that's part of the reason I think why we on these podcasts use those terms interchangeably. But I wanted at least somewhere to define that for everyone. Right, that's not the case confusion.
1: across the whole country, or even across the whole state of Missouri.
0: Absolutely. So what? So we've talked a little bit about selecting realtors. Right? Our big, you know, our our big piece of advice is interview more than one. Uh, certainly, you're going to get information from other people in your life that have used them. You might even have friends or family members who are realtors. And as a general rule, I think that's a great idea to use that person, but not always. I have, I have a guy that I represent that, um, his mother is uh, a broker and, uh, and does a lot of agent work much like you do. And, uh, he won't use her. Oh, right. Well, because they, they, they argue too much, right? That's the oh kind of, they have well, that yeah. kind of familiar relationship they, they, they love each other. Great. But they just, they're they're So they both agreed. That well, he would and, use somebody different
1: family are great. Right. But we don't always trust our largest financial investments to friends or family <laughs> that may or may not do any or one transaction a year. Right. And, and Dave, that came directly from Dave Ramsey actually, as I took that years ago with the uh, gazelle budget and the uh, nothing, no debt uh, program, the Dave Ramsey. So he's like, you do not, Trust large financial instruments to people without experience. You know, it's just one of those things. So we would recommend speaking to your friends and family and interview those agents and see where they are in terms of experience and your comfortability with them. That's one of the, you know, great ways to pick is word of mouth referral. We get a lot of, a lot of business that way actually is word of mouth. And that's one of the great things. But you can also look on the internet, on social media. You can dig around lots of different places. Heck, there's great real estate books out in Kansas City that, they have lots of different real estate teams in there You could or agents, brokerages. You can look through there and, and pick a couple to interview and call. And, you know, obviously if you call two or three times and you never get a call back, that might tell you something, right? So <laughs> we, we actually pride ourselves here on still answering the phone. So I people frequently are like, oh my gosh, you answered the phone. And it it, it just astounds me that that's not a, a common thing anymore that we I talk on the phone every day still. So, you know, just many of the different tools that you can think about when you are wanting to list your home and the types of communication you want from your agent and the methods of communication.
0: So when you have selected this realtor, the kinds of things, what what can we expect, expect? And I know I'll say this and I'm going to let you elaborate because one of the first things you're going to do when you're listing your home is you're going to work with your agent or your agent's going to work with you as a partner and you're going to establish what we would call in broad terms, a selling strategy. And that's going to encompass a lot of the details of the kinds of things you should be working with your agent on. So why don't you break that down for us a little bit?
1: So selling strategy, when you start talking, I mean, back, I go back to communication, paramount every time. Does the How would the client like to be communicated with and how are they going to be most comfortable being communicated with? And then we start talking about setting a strategy. Does this client need to move? Do we need a fireside sale here? We got to move tomorrow. We got to move this house or are we, you know, kind of still looking? Are we in the process of thinking about where we're still going to be going? Because in this market, let's face it, if you don't know where you're going and you put your house on the market, you've got a big problem (laughs) because that house is likely going to sell and then you're going to be homeless. So these are things that we need to sit down and talk about up front because I've heard a number of stories and we have a lot of rental properties here too at Dream Homes by Jen from people coming in to rent houses that their agent did not adequately prepare them for this market and they're going to be homeless in 14 days.
0: Right. Kansas City for the last, I don't know, four or five, six years has had a traditional tight inventory. But here we are in the middle of 2020 and the inventory is at ridiculously low levels. And what that really means is houses are selling and houses are selling for more. They're selling fast and they're selling for more than they have. So it's brought prices up, which is generally great for the economy and great for people in general, but it does make it tough on buyers. And so if you go and sell your home, you list it and it sells, boom, snap, quick. And everybody goes, that's always what I've wanted is my home to sell instantaneously. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, but hang on, I'm having trouble finding a home to buy.
1: Right. And and so I always try and get with that strategy before we ever get started. Let's vet this. Let's discuss this. Let's think about this before we ever get started. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of these people that are coming in with 14 days to move, they didn't get that same conversation. And so that communication, I just go back to the fact that that's paramount. And really what we're doing there is, you know, Eric and I would love to list your home but we want to put your interest first and your agent should put your interest first. And by talking about what are we going to do when your home sells, we're thinking about you and that transition that we know is already going to be stressful because moving in and of itself is stressful, but we want to make sure that you have a place to lay your head at night.
0: Absolutely. Um, some other things in that selling strategy that we'll talk about, uh, we're certainly going to be talking about list price. And there's a lot of factors in that. Now we're going to be talking a lot more about list price specifically in our fourth episode of the seller series. Uh, but, you know, some of those factors in general, they might include, um, well, the the um, the the pace of sales for competitive homes, uh, what other kinds of things.
1: We're going to talk about pricing, setting that price. We're going to talk about things that you might or might not want to do to the home. We kind of touched on that earlier. We're going to talk about the curb appeal and just go through the different things in your home with you. We're going to go through that seller's disclosure if you need um, advice on that, because let's face it, there's some broad terms in there that probably every citizen does not understand. And so that's what we're here for is to help you talk about those things and discuss them to make sure you have a good understanding of this.
0: And, And that we're meeting your specific goals.
1: Yep. That's really
0: important. You know, what's more important to you that you get sold quick because you do have something that you're getting ready to move into. Maybe you're moving because your, your company has moved you to a different city or a different area. Uh, So you might, or, or maybe your goal is to get the highest dollar possible.
1: Or maybe you want to build a home and you really don't need to move for six or nine months. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to do a different strategy here and we're going to put this out here and we're going to talk about some different things and we're going to approach our buyers a bit differently because we've actually got six or nine months to move or maybe we do need that rental property to move into on a six or nine monthly. So we've got options for that. And we can talk about that as well. Uh,
0: So that's sort of one of the major expectations you'll have when you uh, start working with a realtor is to take all of those factors and to encompass sort of a large selling strategy. Another thing that you should be expecting from your realtor is to provide for you at their cost marketing. And that's uh, sort of a broad stroke. So I wanna break this down to media, which is the, the raw element of marketing. For example, a picture or a video would be media. So we'll talk a little bit about media types. And then uh, we'll talk about uh, where those media types go and how they're distributed. That's a little bit more of the marketing aspect of it. I will mention that we will be talking more about this in our third episode that specifically deals with money because the proper use of some of this marketing uh, will significantly affect the ability of the pr- the amount of money that you can get for the home.
1: Absolutely. So when we start talking about media, one of the things that we're paramount on is professional photos. I can take <clears throat> lots of photographs with my iPhone. I can take photographs of my kid. But when we get into the perfect light in a room or the perfect light on a house or even the tools, the editing tools that you get into with photography, that's not my specialty. My specialty is helping you List and sell your home for the most dollars available for our particular strategy. That's my specialty. So I leave the professional photography to the professional photographers.
0: I can't stress enough how in almost all cases, we believe that professional photography is an absolute must for our clients professional photography does vary in price, but not significantly so, but it does prefer, vary based on square footage. And I know there's some mentality out there that says, if I'm selling a low square footage home, that's not going to do a whole lot of return. The amount of money that I, as a realtor, have to pay out for that professional photography becomes a larger chunk of the pie. And the answer is yes, it does. It's uh, all part and, of it. I, I mean, it's all it part anyway. of, Absolutely. Yeah, it's
1: all part of listing different, we represent all walks of life here. And I was just explaining to Eric, you know, I I showed a home yesterday in in Bramer, which is about an hour north of here that was only $54,000. But by that same token, we'll sell a home this year that's well over a million dollars. And yes, they require different strategies, different numbers of photos, because obviously smaller square footage homes don't require the same number of photos that an 8,000 square foot home that has a pool and 40 acres, right? Doesn't require the same level but every home needs that shot. And so it's just all in the overall picture. And those photos are important to those buyers, especially in this time of COVID, because some people don't want to go into the home. And so us providing that service of the good photos and a good video tour, we're going to talk a little bit about the you know, virtual tours, video tours, dollhouse tours. Those are really important in this environment.
0: And just before we move off photos and start talking about the various video um, things that can be done, and then we'll get to print. But um, I, I just want to mention that even if you're a good photographer or if your agent says they're a good photographer, if, if they haven't studied and practiced real estate photography, which is a very specific thing when you're trying to take pictures of rooms that have weird corners and lines in them, et cetera. I was just having this discussion with, with, uh, the great photographers that we use. And she was like, well, you know, you could probably get away with, cause I know a little bit about photography. And I'm like, no way, no, no way. Um, and so yeah, just We can't stress enough that you need to have professional photography. It will make a huge difference. We'll talk about what kind of financial difference it's going to make uh, in in our third podcast. Let's talk a little bit now, jump to, you mentioned it, virtual tours. <laughs>
1: virtual tours. Those have become really fun for me, actually. And if you talk to me about those probably five years ago, I may or may not have known what you were talking about. I don't think they were a real big topic five years ago. But, you know, there's several different times. So you can have kind of that picture montage going through. Uh, the different listings on there, you can have an actual video tour. I've become a big fan of those video tours that are actual walkthrough video tours done with a stabilizer or gimbal as it's called, kind of in the industry, they may even have more technical terms than that, but it's a really great way to showcase your home. And I've done a lot of narration of those tours myself. We also have had our professionals do more of a where I'm in the actual video giving an, a narrated tour of a more specific home because we have a pretty in-depth commercial listing actually that needed a lot of description to it and needed that so there's that type and then of course you've got the Matterport name brand or dollhouse tours that are kind of a point and click through they've got different spaces and you can Act like you're looking around within the photo. And so those have become a really popular item since uh, the beginning of this year when we started dealing with the COVID.
0: You know, I know you do the video tours, walk through with the the camera on the gimbal, and I really like those. I actually am am starting to practice those myself so I can do some more of them. But uh, I also really like the 3D, the dollhouse views. And one of the reasons why I really like those is because when I purchased my last home, Uh, we had some very very particular needs we're a multi-generational family so we had to know very specifics about like steps and bathroom configurations and that kind of thing and those 3ds allow you to spin around they really are 360s and you can spin around in the photograph if you will and look at very specific things is there a big step here what is the transition from this carpet to this and so i love that kind of stuff so they're all fantastic um So we'll talk a lot more about open houses, which is something that's part of marketing, but we're going to do that uh, in our third installment along with showings uh, uh, as well. I want to jump to marketing because now we have this media and then we should be expecting our realtors to put that somewhere. And the first and foremost place that they're going to put that stuff is in the MLS, the multiple listing service, which only realtors have access to.
1: Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about what your Realtor does and what they're actually putting in. If they don't utilize that tool well, if they don't put in all of the data that's available to them and fill in those spaces, that's not gonna go out to the public. And so if you put garbage on your listing form, garbage is gonna go out. If you don't utilize all the tools that are available to you on MLS and take the time to really give the consumer the most information, it's not going to go out to the consumer.
0: Yeah. in, In my old software days, right? That was called garbage in, garbage out. That's really what we called it. And it's simply this, there are so many things that an agent can put in the MLS that are optional that if they do, then when somebody's searching under very particular criteria, your home is going to show up. Right. If they're lazy or uneducated or doing something in a discount in a budget format and don't offer those services where they go through and they spend the time to do all of that data stuff, then those aren't going to show up in the searches. But let me tell you how important that is. This isn't just other searches that people in the MLS do. All the information that goes in the MLS is the information that is directly connected to by the services that the, the internet services that most consumers are using
1: yeah, like the realtor.com the Zillow, the Trulia, the uh, Yahoo Homes. I'm, I'm making some all of those, all of those.
0: They pull it from the MLS. So if the MLS isn't right, if the pictures aren't right on the MLS, et cetera, they're not going to be right on any of those sites, and people's searches aren't going to hit them. So that's really important that you have right and an agent uh, that's that's providing you a ton of diligence. When it comes to entering in your listing,
1: and we're going to scratch the service on on flyers. There's several different types of flyers. There's e flyers that go out among other agents, e flyers that go out on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, possibly. But there's also some information that typically gets left at the home, whether that's leaving a physical copy of the seller's disclosure or that home seller's book where they've given you all of the warranties and et cetera, et cetera, or it's their top fives that they loved about their home that they're sharing with you as the buyer who's touring their home. There's lots of different still print ways, including the real estate book, which is the form that we use, which is actually print ads that still go out. Of course, they're all converted to online presences as well, but there's still people that really like to pick up those books and feel that paper, right?
0: Sure. So those are available across the metro where you can pick them up at no cost and flip through and look at a variety of homes.
1: And he's actually done a great job uh, doing home tips in those now too. So there's lots of different Mm -hmm. information in these different types of publications that we utilize. And you know, it's just a great way to get the word out.
0: I tell you what, let's finish up because you mentioned it, let's finish up. We And I don't think you can have a marketing discussion in, in this decade or century at this point without talking about social media. So let's talk about some of the social media expectations you might have uh, from your agent. You're certainly going to ask them, you know, how are you going to promote my home? and and from a social media perspective or from any perspective and social media will be part of that conversation
1: yes absolutely facebook like i said instagram and so that's different obviously for different homes because some homes may not get to the the area that people would be on social media for example some of the senior demographics may not you may not advertise the 55 and over although grandma's on facebook now traditionally so it really does reach a lot of people. It's actually an amazing tool. So your agent could have a business page. They may not, they may do some marketing on their individual pages as well, but some type of social media conversation is pretty relevant in this day and age.
0: Well, certainly. And you know, you and I aren't under the age of 30. So we talk a lot about Facebook, but Instagram we use, it's very important. Twitter we tweet. Um, So a variety of social media channels, um, uh, being able to uh, have that available and then have it reshared uh, through um, uh, people to get a, a larger reach. It's really important. So to ask a little bit about what the social media presence is, is part of that package. Now, as Jen mentioned, all of these things that an agent can do for you may or may not be appropriate, you know, based on your selling strategy, the nature of the market, the nature of the home, the comparables, the price point, et cetera. So all of this becomes a large strategy that you talk about and agree with with your realtor Um, we
1: just wanted to give you all those tools and all those options of course there's there's always more but we've done a pretty good job encompassing here today what that looks like when you get ready to sell your home
0: now the last thing that we forgot to mention right just we should have mentioned it up top right in terms of how you're selecting a realtor because we said interview realtors and and we really mean that but you know we didn't mention that you know we're 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 right here (laughs) The two of us are right here, right? So when you're looking for that realtor, I mean, you know, look no further.
1: We would love the opportunity to interview with you. We would love the opportunity to interview with you.
0: Yeah, no, I think that would be fantastic. But but if, you, if you're not using us, which, you know, shame on you. But if you're not using it, there are plenty of really high qualified, wonderful realtors out there. Interview them, find them and use them and they'll do you a fantastic service. All right. So that's episode one. Is it time for a realtor in our home seller series? We're, we're very glad that you joined us. Uh, our next episode, episode two is going to be about prep home prep and documentation in general. So very exciting topics. Everybody wants to get out those rooms and sweep. Until next time. You have been listening to get real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbyjen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.